I just want to talk to a, a little bit about living under an open heaven. Tori didn't know what I was going to speak on, but that was the first song she she shared tonight, and the the band shared with us. So that I just feel like uh, that's the word of the Lord for us today. That we live out of a place that that we live out of God's canopy over us, you know. And uh, the only thing that's closed up, right? Let me just, you know, Isaiah had a prayer. It was the prayer that said, rend the heavens and come down, right? It was an Old Testament prayer, but it was a prophecy, but it was a prophetic prayer that pointed to Jesus because when Jesus came, and I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3 because we'll just start there. But I want you to realize that you are a gate. And the life of God is flowing directly out of heaven to you and through you. Right? Because Isaiah prayed that prayer. He said, would you rend the heavens and come down? And, And I know I've, you know, we get stuck on semantics and how we say things in theology and when we're asking the Holy Spirit to come more, I believe that's, that's a true prayer because I believe I get some, I've got a, a portion of the Holy Spirit and unless I give it out and give it away and give it to someone else and release the, the very gift of God because all of you have gifts inside of you, you know that, right? That the gift of heaven inside of you needs to be flowing through you. And so that means there needs to be something open above you to receive what's coming next. Do you agree with me? And so when we look at this, we see Jesus became the gate, right? Because throughout all eternity and throughout the whole Old Testament, it was about, you know, offering sacrifice and, and receiving the presence of God. And we see Solomon who, who, who made a, a crazy mess of an offering when he, when he had dedicated the temple and heaven opened up and poured out and, right, the glory filled the temple. But today you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right? You and I are the temple of God. You and I are the ones that carry the presence and the power of heaven with inside of us. Right, And we've been given the grace and, the, and the, the person of Jesus inside of us, the person of the Holy Spirit, to live inside of us and to be inside of us. And I believe tonight that God wants to release something fresh and new to us so that we have a greater understanding that we are a gate that God, it's, all, it's been all of God's purpose and plan to release the gate. And we need to release the gate that's inside of us into the cities and into a fresh new dimension, into the regions around us. And you can't do it if you think that everything's closed and bound up over you. Right? So I just want to look at this because this prophetic prayer, rend the heavens and come down. It's awesome because the prayer was answered in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized you, and you are coming to me. Now imagine that. He had already known him from, right from the womb. It says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost. Something else, huh? Come on. Right? We lay hands on every, every mama's wound that the Holy Ghost comes on babies. 
before they're even brought into the earth. Right? And so imagine that. You've got the Christ who comes with you, the anointed one, the one that's been prophesied throughout the ages. And John knows, of course, they're cousins. And they probably grew up in the backyard playing stickball. Come on. He was pulling John the Baptist's hair when he had dreadlocks. Before, yeah, when he had little dreads. Yeah, they were cousins. And so the reality is he came to him to be baptized, and we all look, and I, and I'm, I don't understand it. It says it right here. But Jesus answered him, said this, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for all of us to fulfill all righteousness. So what was he doing? He was coming to be baptized Right? And something supernatural was about to happen. Right? Then he allowed him. And it says that he had been, been baptized. And Jesus came up out of the water Im- immediately. And behold, the heavens were open. Open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and a lightning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And so it was to fill, fulfill all righteousness, right? That's what Jesus was pointing to. He said, this is happening because I've got to fulfill this, that I make myself a picture of what every believer is supposed to look like, right? That when we get baptized in water, something supernatural is about to happen. And it says that, that it was righteousness was fulfilled in an act because Jesus became a servant to all, right? And he identified with sinful humanity, right? Though he had no sin, he made an identification with man. 100% man, 100% God, right? And now he's positioned to announce the kingdom, right? And so goes the same for you. Right? How many, we know, I know a few people need to be baptized, right? And we believe that God's going to do supernatural things when baptism, water baptism comes, right? We hear about the days in the, in, in the Jesus movement, right? When they were pulling people out of, the, out of the water and they were getting, you know, coming out, devils coming out of them, speaking in tongues, all kinds of wild things happening. And so why shouldn't it be that way now? And I'm not saying devils have to come out of you, but I believe this, that something supernatural, it is a, a, an act of faith and repentance and declaring that Jesus is Lord over your life, but something supernatural begins to happen as we give our, our lives publicly to the Lord, right? And it says, that, listen, and then nothing happens in the kingdom until there's first a declaration. And so this is what Jesus declared, Right? And the word opening, right, says that the heavens opened. It means to cleave, to split. It translates as opening, split, or tear. So the prophecy was correct. All that you would rend, that you would tear the heavens and come down. But we see this picture that comes to us. The word that we see is that the veil of the of the temple, it says that when Jesus died, right? We see this. This is true. That the veil in the temple tore from the top. 
to the bottom. That meant this, that we no longer had any separation between God and ourselves, right? There was no more separation. Anything that was in the way, the law was ripped in half because Jesus Christ came, died, and rose again. And says this, that the, the rock split. So not only the veil split, but the rock split, the earth split. There's nothing in heaven or on earth that can separate you from the love of God in Christ, right? And so the heavens shook in those moments. And it says this, that we had an invitation. It's an invitation on behalf of humanity that God answered in a, por- in a person, right? And so heaven is a person. <laughs> and Jesus was the gate, and now it's your turn. <laughs> really got to say it. It's, it's your turn. It's really your turn. It's your turn that God would come in and fill in a fresh new way that the heavens would, you would live out of a place where the heavens are open over your life, right? And this is a gift that God gives to us, right? The promise is in Ephesians 3.19. It says what? That we carry the fullness of God on the earth. All the fullness of who he is on the earth. And so I just want you to look at that picture. So we have Jesus who comes to the earth and is baptized and the heavens open and he's declared the son and just as much as you're declared a son or a daughter, right? And then we go, fast forward. This is probably about my fifth week referring to the book of Acts, chapter two. But this is just another picture of what is to happen in a believer's life that when we receive something, a gift of God, it's the Holy Spirit that opens up our lives to a whole new world. (laughs) I want to sing it. A whole new world. It's a whole new world that we're supposed to be opened up to that we're supposed to have understanding of, right? The Bible says this, that unless you're born again, unless you're born again of the Spirit, not of water, not out of your mother's womb again, born again of the Spirit, you cannot see the kingdom, right? You can't see it. You can't understand it. You can't perceive it. If you, you can't perceive something that you do not see, Right? And so we want the reality of the kingdom to come to us. So here we go. We come, we come to the book of Acts again. Acts chapter 2. And it says, Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. Right? The only possible way to receive an open heaven over your life is to receive this baptism. And it's not a water baptism. It's the 2.0 baptism from Jesus. Right? It's the upgrade. The noise came from heaven, and what happened? 
two worlds met. Just like the day that Jesus came to the earth, it's the same thing. That two worlds collided in that day. Heaven came to earth in a person named Jesus. And so when we received the Holy Ghost, right, there, there's a, there was hundreds there gathered. Only 120 left by the end. Because it takes some tarrying. It takes some waiting. It takes some pressing through. It takes a little bit of time, a, a little bit of, come on, oomph, to receive something from the Lord. And I'm not talking about straining or working again, but I do believe this, that the power of heaven doesn't just come to those who are faint-hearted. I get to clap now. Look, Mom, no hands. A noise came from heaven and two worlds met. The Bible says it was like a, a mighty rushing wind. And the word rushing is phero in the Greek. And out of this 67 times that word is translated in the New Testament is rushing only once. And that's in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And in other times it means to carry, to bear, or to bring forth. So what are we hearing? Something violent, something rushing. And it's something that has brought, come to bring something to you. Come to carry something to you. Come to bear something and give you something and to relieve, relieve, release a gift. A gift to you. And to bring it forth and to burst it forth. So it would be foolish to think it was translated any other way, wouldn't it? If 67 times it was translated that way, except the writing is rushing. Hmm. So it could be just implying that the noise was violent, that it carried or brought forth something. But I believe this, that it brought forth something out of heaven to give to you, right? The Bible says this, John said this, he said that it's your advantage, that the comfort, that a gift, God's bringing us a gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't live, right? I always say this, but it's true. God is so good, that's all he does is gift us. He is so good that all he does is give us gifts. He's given us the gift of salvation. He's given me the gift of eternal life. He's given me the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's given me the gift of righteousness. He's given me the gift of holiness. He's given me the gift of life eternal. Right? And so we may think that we want to preserve our dignity. Hello. See, because when the, book, the power of God came in the book of Acts chapter 2, something profound happened, and it wasn't usual. How many remember me talking about usual last week? And I don't think that God wants us to live a usual Christian life. I think that God wants us to live a dynamic, supernatural, powerful Christian life. And the Holy Spirit really wants to bring us into a place where we grab hold of truth and that we understand that what Jesus did back in that day when he received the Holy Spirit 
and the Spirit descended upon him, enlightened, Luke says, like a dove. And so this goes all back to, to what I believe in. We want to just be careful about what we carry. We want to be careful about how we carry the Holy Spirit because swift, violent, crazy, jumpy things disturb the dove, right? Like, have you seen the morning doves outside? It doesn't take much to just... And so I believe this, that the Lord is wanting to do something, but I think that we need to remove ourselves, right? Remember how I said a few weeks ago, I'm still going to say it, that it doesn't have to all be clean and happy all the time. I believe that God, I think we want to be dignified. I think we want everything to be nice and clean. And I think when God comes and he invades our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, that something powerful happens on the inside. Listen, I've had God's presence so strong on my, on my body that I can feel my flesh vibrating. Right? As a matter of fact, I can tell you that that when God comes with, with a violent, mighty, rushing wind, that something powerful is going to happen in your life. That something will change and transform. And it's not about a manifestation of something, but it's about God filling. Ready? Because I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm rehearsing Acts chapter 2 because we have to be a gate for something bigger to come through. I understand that something from one dimension wants to come through you into this dimension. I understanding that someone carrying sickness, even today, there was one of the elderly ladies that came in to my wife, we had a recital, and, and she said, I, I gotta come in, my leg hurts. I said, I said, you can come in, I'll pray for your leg. And she's, oh, that, and I never went to pray for her because I was too busy, but she said, please come, you can pray for me, but can I go in? I said, go ahead, man. Ahead of everyone. But you understand that God, that Jesus wants to come through you and he wants to bring a dimension of who he is, of who heaven. That's why I said two, two, heaven and earth collide. And when the Holy Spirit comes into a human being, heaven and earth collide. And someone's going to win, and I want to believe it's going to be God. That's why we try, that's why we struggle to get our right thinking. Ready? Right thinking. I'm not having a good day, right? Here's awakening for you. Just think about the days you wake up. Come on, somebody. Some days I wake up and my feet hit the floor and I'm like, really? And some days I wake up and I'm like, all right, come on. I know, I'm the only one that has days like that. But I'm telling you the truth that God wants you to awaken to a truth so that when we come out of our slumber, out of our sleep, out of the place where we, where we are asleep in our spirit, man, right? God wants to bring you into a place where you're awakened, alert, and when something's coming, like I just said, 
it's implying that violent wind, that something's wanting to be birthed forth, that you're carrying something that wants to be released into the earth every day, not just Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. It's every day. And so I want, I want to just show you that Peter's heart, right? We see this. That it turned Peter's heart from fearful, right? You want to talk about two different guys. The Lord gets crucified and they're saying, you knew him. And he's like, I didn't know him. Yet when the fire of God hits his life, when God comes and hits his life, something completely different happens. He gets up and he begins to speak with boldness, not apologizing. No longer is he set back in his fears, but he's outside of himself. And it's probably not even him preaching. Hello. Because he's just been filled with the Holy Spirit and he's not apologizing for people getting messed up and coming out into the street drunk. He's saying, no, wait a minute, it's not wine like you think. It's something greater. It's the Holy Ghost. And it's the very thing that Joel spoke and prophesied. It's the Holy Spirit that came, right? The outpouring, the last days. This is what Joel spoke of. <laughs> and so this baptism is likened to wine. And it's likened to water. How many need a good drink? Come on, I need a drink every day. I need to get the thirst that's in my soul taken care of every day. I need to be inebriated with the Spirit every day. I like getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. I used to like getting drunk before. So why, if it's new wine, if it's the good stuff, I can drink all I want now. I just can't drive. Like last week, I couldn't drive. Josiah's like, I'm driving. I'm like, good. Oh, no, he took my truck and left me. He said, Mom, you're driving. But here's the thing. I'm just going to give you a little illustration because I was really drunk. I promise you. And I came over here. I barely made it from that chair where Brandon is over to here, and I leaned against the pulpit. It was after all most of you left. No, it was a good amount of you left. But I was, I was, having, I was struggling to, like, stand up. And I look over, and I see this little girl, um, Scott's little daughter. And I just saw her come over to the door, and she began to open the door. She just turned the handle. Little thing. And I just began to weep. Because in that moment, the Lord said, that's how it goes. Man, we want to know everything. And God's just looking for a child that will just open the door. God just wants us to go in and open the door. And just come in with innocence. Because who knows what God can do if you just come in with innocence. Instead, we come with all this stuff. I have a presupposition in my mind of what you're about to do now, God. And don't let it make me look messed up. Don't let it, don't make me a fool. 
And what did Paul say? <laughs> Paul said this, and I think it's Colossians. I'll find it for you later. If, I be, if I'm beside myself, it's because of Christ. Ooh, you don't even know what that means. If I be out of my mind, is how the language is, it's because of Christ. Listen, I want, to, I want to be like Peter. I want to be able to give an answer for everything. But when God does things out of the box and I got to give an answer, it may be, I don't know. Why did he hit you like that? I don't know. Because I needed it. Why, why do I have to struggle to get from here to over there? <laughs> because he just thought it would be all right like that. Because every now and then, we need to take a good gulp. <laughs> uh, so water refreshes while wine influences. Right? You don't want a DUI because you're under the influence. Right? But you want to be refreshed. I want to be refreshed and influenced. And let me tell you this. I can tell you this. Not about all the sloppy stuff now, being drunk and staggering. I can tell you this. When you're under the influence of the Holy Ghost, some amazing things will come to your mind. You will get ideas that you never thought of. You will get strategies that you never thought of. And they will fit into this world system because God wants to take over those systems. Are you understanding me? So we have to just be open to the creativity and the absolute genius of God. Because believe it or not, we, we see, I, I'm all for the drunkenness, but I'm all for taking it over with the genius of God. He can give us strategies that'll blow up any world strategy, you know. He can change and give you mindsets that will make things, even ideas that you've seen before, they'll make them better. Because huh? that's usually how people get really wealthy. They see one thing, they fix the problem on it, and then they get a boom, something crazy happens. And it doesn't have to just be in relation to wealth. It can be creativity and how you write, how you write songs. Right? So God's looking for us to be fully awake, right? And when, when heaven's opened up, you get a heavenly language. And just as I was saying, when God's moving on your life and you begin to have creative ideas, the wisdom from heaven comes with that, right? Wisdom comes. I like revelation. I need revelation, but I need wisdom to walk out the revelation, right? The power of God will give you things, and you have to figure out with the Holy Spirit how to walk those things out. 
how to get a plan to see those things come to pass. Anything with vision in your life, you're asking the Lord to do those things because he's God and you're not. So I just want you to realize, I'm going to give you the Greek, when it says the book of Acts, the title. The title in the Greek is praxis. And it's defined this way, the accomplishments of outstanding men and women. Didn't say women, but outstanding men. Why? Because these men have met with Jesus. They're uneducated. <laughs> these men have been with Jesus. So whether you graduated ninth grade or you have your master's, if you just get with Jesus, I think he's going to give you some ideas that will cause you to succeed in ways you've never done before. And so why do we need the Holy Spirit? <laughs> why do I need the Holy Ghost? Do I need to say another thing? I don't. I don't. We'd be a fool not to ask the Lord for more. And Paul said, you know, it's not in the foolishness of, of men's wisdom, but it's in the power of God, right? So Acts 2, we see Peter's filled, and then in Acts 4, he needed to be refilled. Why? Because if you're doing what's right, if you're proceeding with the course, you must get filled often, filled with overflowing filled with more than enough. And when there's more, you can get more. <laughs> but we're to live in such a way that when we receive, we give it away so that we can get. Right? It's not, it's, it's, it goes back to what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, here, he said, go heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. And then at the end of that, my favorite he says, freely you receive, freely give. And the problem is we get, 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 and we don't give, give, give. And God's trying to break the church out of a mindset that thinks, I'm not qualified. You've had leaders over you that told you it's just for the clergy. It's just for the guys up here. It's just for the leadership. It's just for the prophet, apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist. No, it's for the believer says those who believe. So we're to live in such a way that we give away all that we get while our capacity for him increases. Right? Because here's what happens. You, you fill it, it expands. You let it all out, and then more comes, and you're bigger than you were before. You give it away, you expand. And you go back and forth and back and forth like this. And here's another illustration that the Lord was speaking to me about. That when we I just had this picture of a tree. Right? Because we need to be rooted. We need to be rooted and grounded in God and, and in who He is. And we need our, our roots to go, go deep. And so what happens when the, when the oak tree begins to grow and widen? Right? 
Many things are under the shade. And listen, your anointing can grow big and wide so that others can come around underneath it. That's why when, when you get into like some of these revival meetings or you go to a conference for three days and you're under what they carry, you leave like flying, right? Because you've been under their anointing. You've been under what God's laid on them. And so you begin to receive from that and live out of that and come on, you breathe that and you're in it for, for days and you marinate it in it and then you become what? Saturated with it. And it's not so much, yes, it takes you being open, but it's more so what they're carrying. Right? So that the tree covers and you come under. And so, so it goes. Just, ready? It goes the same with Jesus in an open heaven. It goes the same with, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit and fire. I need a baptism with fire. And so what happens is this. The heavens open? No, no, they've already been opened. So you're living under this space, and it's very spacious. And what happens is we like to live closed, and we like to live tight, and we like to live within our parameters. And we can't even move our elbows out. Right? You were born to live in first class, not in coach. Right? Spread out, chill out. Come on, everyone likes that. I'm, I'll take that. Come on, everything's little in coach. The peanuts, come on. It's just like small, man. You gotta stop thinking small. And you gotta stop thinking that God just wants to give you a little or just enough to get by for the day. Are you hear me? Because he doesn't just want to give you enough to get by for the day. He wants to give you a ton, like a megaton bomb. Boom. So that it's spilling out of you and flowing out of you. And so when you go to work, right, the oil's on you. Right? When you go see your family, man, the oil's on you. When the family comes to visit, <laughs> the oil's on you. Right? Because you carry an atmosphere. Because there's an open heaven in your home. Because you cultivate that. Because families cultivate that. Because our lives cultivate that. And we don't settle for anything less. We don't settle for smallness. We don't settle for the little. We don't settle for a little drink when God wants to give you the whole bottle. When we, live in the, when we live in who he is, when we live in the power of God, listen, only more will do. <laughs> I think that's how I live by now. It's like I can't handle a little. Don't just give me a little, God. I need a lot. I need to live out of the abundance of who you are. And I don't want to live in, in the smallness of, of anything because nothing about God is small. Do you understand me? Nothing about who he is is tiny or portioned. You understand? It's not just in portions. And it's not, can I even say this? We're outside of time. If we're really in the spirit, you're really outside of time. Hmm, think about that. You're outside of time. 
That means you can throw away the season of fruitfulness. You can throw away the season of this. It says in the Bible that there was every season that the trees by the river were producing fruit. It was a never-ending season. It didn't end. It's not a season of revival. It's not a season of awakening. You live in awakening. You live out of a, out of a place of revival. You are revival. You are awakening. You are positioned to do whatever God's called you to do. He's given you an anointing that just doesn't end. It doesn't dry up unless you let it dry up. I feel like I preach this message every week, do I? Kind of. It comes out 17 different ways in four different weeks, right? I just can't. When I experience overflow, I want more. Right? So the problem is you're under this. <laughs> you get to be under that and take some. And hopefully you become unquenchable. Right? Satisfied. You can be satisfied with the good things, right? But you always want more. You always want the overflow. You always want the extensive, right? And God's heart is clearly seen in Ezekiel's prophecy where he says, I will not hide my face from them any longer, for I have poured out my spirit. That's Ezekiel 39, 29. That means he doesn't hold back his face. He wants to come straight up to you. And it's so crazy because a few weeks ago I had this, I'm like, when he's... When the Lord was speaking to me about turning myself in, just turn your heart in towards me. I had the Lord come straight up to me like it was crazy. It was crazy Jesus. I'm telling you, it was crazy Jesus. He was like this. He's coming at me like this. And I'm like, what is that? And I'm seeing something in a vision, but it was reality because I felt as soon as I went, whoa, and I opened my eyes, the presence of God was all around me tangible, could feel it. Now what is that? That's like off of, you know, that's like he's celebrating a touchdown or something. I don't know what that is. But it's God and Jesus in victory. He's not trying to scare me. He's trying to get into me. Right? He's trying to force himself on you. Uh-oh. That doesn't sound theologically right. I promise you, if you just open yourself up to that, <laughs> don't do that. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. When God pours out his spirit, it's the revelation of his face. Right? You get to see who he is. Are you hungry to see who he is? Because I really am hungry to see who he is. I'm really, really hungry to see what he looks like and him acting however he wants to act in front of me. You know what happens? He'll do things to you when you become more of a friend with him, right? If you're all serious with him, he's not going to jump out of bounds on you. believe that because you only perceive him one way it's all how we perceive Jesus it's all how I perceive the Holy Spirit in my life 
If you have a no, if you have a something in your heart and in your spirit that says, God, do whatever you want to do right now in these moments, and you mean it. then he'll do things to blow your mind in a good way. Not just for the purpose of blowing your mind. Although that may happen. You've got to be willing to go into that. Okay? But there's nothing greater than to see the face of God, right? In the light, Proverbs 16, 15, in the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a, like a cloud with the spring rain. Right? And what does rain represent? A movement of his spirit. A moving of the Holy Spirit. And in terms of it, it's outpouring, right? More outpouring, more presence. And really, I can desire him to show himself to me in his word. And he'll do it that way. Right? I do both. I'm like, God, come to me any way you want. I love your word, show, open your word, because I'm a student of the word. I love the word. And he'll show himself to me in all kinds of different ways in the word. Right? But he wants to come to you up close and personal, face to face. Right? He says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. And so what is a friend? What do you act like when you're with a friend? And I think this is where we get stuck because sometimes we don't give Jesus the friendship. We don't give Holy Spirit fellowship and friendship. And the Lord wants to come and meet his church as friends. Yes, he's the king of glory. And when he shows up as the king of glory, and I believe me, you've heard it enough here. There's life of, the life of God and the fear of the Lord. I need the fear of the Lord. And I'm not making light of who he is or, did, or diminishing the glory in the king. But I do know this, that he's looking for friends. I'll give you another comforter. I'll give you an advocate. I'll give you someone to be alongside you. He'll be both with you and in you. So here's my point. After all that, <laughs> you've become a gate. And a whole church body, if they've become a big gate, for the king of glory to come through. Just imagine what would happen. That we weren't sleeping on watch. That we weren't laying out and checking out on God. Because I can get into a mode where I, I soak and I'm passive. Right? It's okay. Sometimes we have seasons like that, and God, I don't, I don't say that, that there's anything wrong with that. But you can't just stay there. Right? You've got to allow the Spirit of God to come into your life. How many like the rest of God? I like to be in the rest. But I think there's a powerful thing that God can do as we're in the rest that we're motivated to move 
in ways and realms that we've never, never experienced. And so here's the thing. You now, Jesus opened the heavens, right? 2,000 years ago. Father came in. Holy Spirit came on Jesus. Book of Acts opened it wide open for us now. And so now you, you have available to you an outpouring, a never-ending flow, the, the, the power and presence of God that just doesn't stop, just doesn't flow. And the only thing that keeps you from that is this up here, right? It's our minds that keep us outside of the presence of God. It's the distractions. It's the cares of life. It's the different things that we end up putting. Uh, it comes in front of the Lord. Oh, can I say it? It becomes an idol. Because you focus more on the other things that are keeping you outside the presence. And so you become despondent when God comes in. And this is what I said last week. As we continue to move closer to the Lord, respond every time he begins to just prompt you. Respond every time he begins to just woo you in. And he wants to tell you something. He wants to speak something to you. And he wants to bring you into destiny and purpose. He doesn't want you to leave you outside of purpose, right? Because with God, everything has a divine plan and a divine open area where you can landscape. We don't think of it like this. He wants you to be the architect of your future. He wants to do it with you. He wants to prod you and, and, and give you ideas and things that will open things up. And I'm telling you, favor has everything to do with it. How many want favor? Well, I'm telling you, you have the Holy Ghost. You've got favor. You've got the presence of God. It's not a matter of having favor one day and not having it the next. If we live out of the place of favor, I'm telling you, things begin to break open and we begin to move into areas that we never believed we could. Favor. I give you the comforter. I give you myself. It's better for you that I go away because I give you myself. The spirit of who I am is going to walk with you. He's going to be in you and next to you. I love that. He's going to live with me. And he's sleeping in the bed with me. He lives inside of me and wants to go places and bring me beyond things I've ever thought or asked or imagined. So you have favor. It's who he is. Huh. Because when you look in his face, what did I just read? Favor. When you begin to look in the gaze of his face, when you begin to look at who he is, favor comes to your life. Favor. So let's stand.